Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape, then we're the pod. Get the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have uh, Diego back on for another episode of Clone Wars Talk. And uh, we have the very uh, beginning now of Season 4, which uh, is number 67 uh, through 69 on the chronological viewing order list, if you're following along with us at home. Uh, that's episodes uh, Season 4, Episode 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Water War, Gungan Attack, and Prisoners, we're going to be diving right into those. Uh, the entire kind of campaign on Moncala. Um, but uh, before we uh, meet Diego, we're just going to listen to the season four trailer as well. Another happy landing. Assembled, Count Dooku. Proceed as planned. The Mon Calamari system must not fall into Separatist hands. Prepare for an assault. All troops, battle stations! This is your home! Do not let it fall! Look out! This isn't gonna be easy. We'll disintegrate for sure! Suck it up, shiny. Time to lock and load! I will Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Yes, make sure you do. Bow down, Jedi Finn. Welcome back, Diego. Glad to be back, buddy. 
Always great to have you back, and uh, happy anniversary, a 20th episode now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's the 20th Clone Wars Talk episode, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, we've been at it a while now. Yeah. I mean, lots more to come, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we're we're over the hump. We're like, uh, we're definitely past the halfway mark. Uh, now that we've kind of started uh, well into season four with the first three episodes here, and uh, I guess for those of you guys listening at home, uh, if you're following along with us in the show so far, uh, that's awesome and uh, glad to kind of have you with us. Um, and if you've potentially seen these episodes before and you 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 know just want to you know listen in on our talk that, that we recently watched all these uh then uh it's uh you know a pleasure to have you back tuning in so um i guess we got our first episode on the list which is water war and uh it's number 67 on the chronological viewing order but um yeah just like in general, I mean, uh, you, you've just watched the trailer for season four of The Clone Wars, and uh, most of that trailer actually is this arc as well, but there's a little bit of the tidbit to kind of, you know, kind of to come. Uh, just in general, like, what did you expect to see and what uh, kind of you were maybe surprised by? I was expecting to see Darth Maul in there, um, I know he's coming back at some point, and I I believe it's in episode four he comes or episode four in season four he comes back. But um, yeah, I was surprised not to see him there. But um, uh, yeah, as far as as far as that goes, uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. You were, what did you ask? You said what was I expecting and what else? Yeah, just like what what else? Uh, what what kind of took you by surprise in the trailer? Um, I mean not, uh, not not a whole lot. I mean, I did notice a couple things. Like uh, we noticed, like uh, there's a little part of there where we see Anakin, uh, and he's kind of got a bit of the Imperial March going on behind him while he's doing you know certain slashing moves with his lightsaber and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um so like you know whenever i see that kind of imagery i automatically think oh you know he's pissed off about something or yeah something along the lines of that well Um, so far on the show we haven't really had like a crazy amount of anakin going you know angry you know like like we've had a few kind of uh moments and we've seen him kind of progressively get a little darker but um but i think this is definitely going to be the season where we see like a big shift in that in that attitude yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see him go, you know, in that direction because we, we obviously know that you know the events of Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, are are to come in the future, in the near future, right? Um, at this point in the show, and um, uh, yeah, I'd like to see more of his dark side come out. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, the the trailer like like you said it's it's pretty much this arc um that they that they really hone in on and there's a few little snippets of like other episodes in the in the in the season but yeah i mean one thing another thing i did notice is that um all the clone troopers they're kind of past their phase one uh suits and now they're in their like definitely phase two yeah um so you know similar to what we see uh in uh episode three Mm -hmm. so yeah, and yeah, Re- Rex has got his uh, his cool hybrid <laughs> helmet 
He's got yeah. the visor of phase one and he's got the, the rest of the helmet for phase two. So that's, that's really cool to see as well. I love his helmet. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into these episodes here. We do season four, just like for those of you listening, we've been playing a lot of the Dave Filoni featurettes and season four, they kind of change things up, uh, where they don't exactly do the featurettes anymore. What they do is like a five minute kind of questionnaire with Dave Filoni on the arc itself. So I think, uh, what did you want to do? Do you want to play this like at, at the end or do you want to do it like maybe halfway and um, we get into some of it ourselves before we kind of start talking about Because Dave kind of goes over all three of the episodes at once here. So Yeah, you know what? Um, Save for the end maybe. Yeah, we well, you know what? If it's only based on these three episodes, you know, I've seen them and hopefully you guys have, at home have seen them too. So let, we'll... We're only going to be, you know, getting questions and answers about this particular one. So why, why don't we give it a shot? Let's do it. All right. So uh, do you want to yeah. do it now? Sure. All right. All right. Let's give this a listen. This is Dave Filoni talking about the entire arc of episodes we're going to be talking about. But, but um, wait, wait, wait. Before, sorry. Yeah. Before we get into it, does he kind of like break it up and say, hey, we're going into episode two of this arc? Or are we doing kind of like, is he kind of all over the place? I think he's he's more or less answering them just he's answering fan questions. So he's answering uh, uh, questions that were sent into him uh, after people had seen the episodes. And I think they did like a big kind of five minute featurette uh, on, on just him answering these, these things. So um, uh, okay. yeah. So maybe we can, we can also like talk about some of the things he has to say about, you know, some of the answers he has uh, yeah, but, sure. uh, as well, but you know, it might, it might give us something. It's kind of like a, a special different version of a featurette. So. Let's okay, sure. It will help pass the time. So let's get started uh, with Darth Reaper 29. Darth Reaver 29, you would like to know, does anyone know why they changed the planet name from Mon Calamari slash Dak to Mon Cala? Well, I mean, the very simple answer for that is when we are in the writer's room with George Lucas and we talk about making the episodes and what the planet names are, George actually has a very big binder of all the planets and planet names and aliens and he's a bunch of names that he's created over the years. And one of the names he has in there is now Mon Cala. Mount Calamari, George always refers to as the people, not the planet. So we decided that Mount Cala would be the planet. It's one of those cases where, you know, I know certain EU material will say it's one thing, but then, you know, George Lucas will say it's another, and we tend to go with George Lucas because he created Star Wars. So it's a pretty easy decision for us at the end of the day, and as long as the writers all stay on track with that, we're fine. Um, as far as Dak City, does that exist or not? In the production of Clone Wars, um, you see a big underwater city. At one point in the script, I believe it was referred to as Dak City, but I think we cut that reference, if I am correct. And then there are also in the EU, you'll see certain above water cities. Those cities are still existing on the planet of Moncala, it's just that we couldn't show them in our uh, episode. We didn't have the, the need to show them or the production, um, you know, frankly, budget to show giant underwater city and above water city. So I hope uh, Darth Reaver 29, that answers your question. So uh, a question from Darth Cherbs. 
Was Mina Tills from episode three? And if so, why the gender change? So yes, Mina Tills is in episode three and she is now in the Clone Wars. And Mina Tills, the name is based on a Lucasfilm employee and friend of mine, Tina Mills. And Tina Mills happily is a lady. And I thought that, you know, her namesake character in Star Wars should be a lady. Like we all assumed, frankly, to be honest with you, that Mina Tills was a lady. Um, when we looked it up and saw that it was a man based on the fact that a, a, a male played her, uh, we thought, well, Greedo's actually also played by a woman. Most of the Cantina aliens are played by women and they're actually in the EU males. Uh, so we thought, well, this is just, this has precedent in Star Wars. It's just some people got it wrong. Um, Mina also is a very feminine sounding name. So Mina and Tina, and we thought, well, it's, it'd be nice to Tina for it to be a female fish and Tina was very happy, and so everybody is a winner, but unfortunately our, our, our friend who played Mina in, in the movie. But you know, you look at a fish, it looks like a, a female fish, I can't tell. If you look at a, a largemouth bass, which one's a male and a female, I know you can tell the difference, the slenderness and the striping, but to the, to the average non-fish expert, it's a little more difficult. So looking at Mina Tills, it could be male fish, female fish. You know, Akbar obviously a gruffer voice, but you know, it's, Little bit, a little bit of a gray area there in the, in the fish world of Star Wars. So uh, don't always assume because the actor is a, a male that the alien being played is also a male. Things, it is a galaxy far, far away and very different sometimes. But thank you, Darth Jarrett, for the question. Here is yet another question from Darth Neomalus. I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly, Darth Neomalus. Do you think, do I think the Karkaradans can go out of water, or are they like fish, and will they die out of water? Well, since they're kind of space alien shark people, they absolutely can go out of water. The Moncala and the Quarren are both aquatic species, as are the Gungans, they exist above water and below water. So we did the same things with the Carcadon, and we made sure that when the soldiers were rigged and Riftampson that their feet could bend, their flippers could bend up to act as feet. So you will see this season, actually, some Karkaradans out of water and happily running around in bare flippers. So that's going to be something exciting to look for. Not the most exciting thing to look for, but for Darth Neomalus, your wishes come true. Uh, there are quite healthy shark people walking around in Star Wars The Clone Wars. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your questions. I really enjoy answering them. Like I said, you guys ask great questions. Never be afraid to ask questions, um, you know. But for now, just like Yoda says, clear your mind of questions. Look forward to the rest of season four and keep checking StarWars.com for updates. We'll have new material here for you all the time and get you ready for the second half of season four and the coming of Darth Maul. So you got that to look forward to. All right, so uh, Darth Maul, you know, Dave Filoni confirming it right there because, uh, well, I mean, you know, he was already confirmed in season three that he's alive still but i mean uh even though he wasn't in the trailer there you go this is a little tidbit there but um yeah so what uh did you did you get anything out of that um out of that featurette or, or that questionnaire i guess that maybe stuck out or not really to be honest the the mina tills character was was that female mon calamar or mon calamari character that was amongst the 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 you know, political crowd that they had going on. Just uh, 
just like a little <laughs> tip there. But um, anyway, so Water War, first episode of the arc. Uh, Mon Calamari versus the Corrin. Uh, risk of civil war going on. And this dude, Tamson, comes in representing the, the you know, Dooku and the Confederacy of Independent Systems and and is basically kind of swaying the Corrin to, you know, take charge of their own planet and uh and you know they don't need the the, the new prince lee char who's just a, a, a stupid kid kind of thing right like that's kind of the premise of the episode and anakin and padme and uh and uh i believe it's uh kit fisto and ahsoka are all there and they're and uh they're playing uh peace peacemaker peacekeeper basically um between the corn and the mon calamari they're they're there to ensure a war doesn't break out uh, because Mon Moncala is, of course, a part of the Republic, and uh, they don't want to lose that planet. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, what what was kind of the first thing that that you got for this? Yeah. So, like, uh, <clears throat> um, I, I like I like where they went with this. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, we're we're in the Clone War, right? We're in the mid middle of it. It's it's it's. I think it's safe to say at this point in the show, it's probably hitting like, uh, hitting, getting closer to the peak. Right. Um, and like, I really like the approach that they took, uh, in terms of taking, uh, you know, rather than doing the usual, you know, on, on, on ground, right. You know, on land, you know, typical battle. Cool. Yeah. But like, I like, I really like how they went underwater with it. Um, really cool. Different yeah. perspective of the war is, it, it kind of shows you how like they, it's not just on land. It's, it, it was, it was everywhere. It was on land in space, underwater, you know, like just everywhere. It was, you know, there totally. was no, you know, no limits. Right. Uh, yeah. I, so I really like where they went with that. Um, yeah, just very world building, uh, because this very is, much so. I mean, we, I mean, this, uh, this kind of race, this planet, this goes back all the way to the original trilogy with, with Admiral Akbar, which is kind of like the next thing, you know, that we see a young Admiral Akbar, which is a, who's, he's a captain at this point in time, yeah. uh, Captain Akbar, uh, very similar to how we saw Captain Tarkin and, uh, and yeah. later who later becomes Grand Moff Tarkin, right? So two very cool origin origin trilogy of episodes for both those characters at this point in time and um and yeah just to see his home planet because the moncala the moncalamari sorry are a very integral part of the of the rebellion they're they're like a super integral part of the rebellion and the resistance and uh later on in the in the resistance that is and the rebellion lies on relies on the moncalamari uh, for for many of their ships, like in that final battle in Return of the Jedi, most of their biggest cruisers are all uh, Mon Cala starfighters and and uh, or star cruisers and stuff like that. That's so, right. It's so, a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Like the world building in this was cool, and we got to see some of the underwater cities on on uh, Mon Cala Mon Cala as well, um, and. Uh, yeah, just really interesting layouts, like all the the like pressure tubes that are kind of like forcing uh, like streamways, like almost like highways where people can s kind of swim into these tubes and then be kind of projectiled through them sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, just really yeah. cool. It's cool to see a, a different world. Um, and it's, just the yeah, vastness it's cool to see of this war. Yeah it's, cool. yeah, it's cool to see a different world. I mean, like we see Anakin and... and 
Ahsoka and Kip Fisto. I mean, Kip yeah. Fisto, he, he can breathe underwater, so, like, he doesn't really count for this. But, like, I I mentioned to you, I really like uh, their scuba suits, right? Because they have these scuba suits. They've got their oh, the clones. tanks. Uh, the, the clones as well. Um, they have really cool scuba suits as well. But Anakin and, uh, like, Anakin in particular, I mentioned, like, he... It's funny because his his mask that he's got a helmet right that's like full of air and he, that's how he's breathing. But yep. like his scuba suit that he puts on before the helmet, like it's kind of purple in the background. It just reminds me of Buzz Lightyear for whatever reason. <laughs> so, so that was that was pretty funny. But um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's like I said, it, we see you know Captain Akbar was you know it's everyone knows him as Admiral Akbar. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's his first, I guess, his first chronological appearance now. That's mm-hmm. canon, yep. right? Um, but yeah, I mean, like the like I was saying, like the Clone War, like it, it's it's so it's so cool to see it in all different areas. I mean, even the underwater droids, uh, like they're yeah, the aqua droids. We saw those at the Battle of yeah. Camino as well. Another another very aquatic planet. Yeah, I mean they're they're you know a totally different totally different looking droid as well i mean you have and that's that's one thing i wanted to mention is that like i just love how lucas like it doesn't matter where you know the war or a movie or whatever was taking place like he would always come up with these new ideas right um and and particularly in the prequels, right? I mean, like we see it in the Clone Wars, like these aqua droids. We mm-hmm. we see the regular, uh, you know, B ones and all the other ones that we're used to. But uh, I just love how when we get little glimpses of different parts of the war and different places where it took place, like we get to see, you know, the corresponding droids or the corresponding yeah yeah you get you get a Jedi sense wear. for like these civilizations that kind of have yeah. this history about them and you know and yeah yeah you're, you're yeah like you're right like every time kind of it came down to making a, a new world or a new planet or something like that um like george would have this rule where whenever he whenever he walked into the room where all the concept art was on you know if someone had to design city layouts or whatever for a certain planet he would put his stamp on the ones he liked and uh he kind of had this rule he said this in one of the behind the scenes videos of revenge of the sith and it, it was something along the lines of if you can look at it and it makes you think of something else, then as cool as it is, you just can't it can't be that thing that you're looking for because it's too similar. And I think like that's, you know, like not to be too overly harsh and stay on topic here because we're on Clone Wars. But I mean, that's that's one of the issues I have with with when I saw The Force Awakens, like right away, almost anyone who walked in that movie is like, oh, is, is, is it is it Tatooine again? And then it's like, no, no, it's Jakku. It's another sand planet. You know, another yeah. another another thing that's just the same of what we've been seeing this whole time. And it's like, yeah. man, like, I mean, like, I appreciate consistency. Like, I don't care if I'm seeing Tatooine for the third time or the seventh time. Like it like at least I know what it is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think like that's that's what makes like George's ideas so cool is that. Every time he needed to make something new, he didn't make it too similar to something he'd already done. He made everything yeah. very, very different. And every single Star Wars movie that he did is also very different from each other. Uh, if you right. go through them all, like you can totally tell. It's like, you know, they all got this very different story, this very different vibe. And even though they're all telling this one long story, 
um, each chapter is very kind of individual as it is. Like it's not each one can't be compared with one another because they're all so different. So, That's right. uh, yeah, so it's really cool to kind of see this this vastness of the Clone War. And uh, one of my favorite parts in Revenge of the Sith, I don't know about you, but it is the homage in Order 66 when we're seeing all these different planets across the galaxy and all the Jedi kind of being wiped out. And even though it's a brief moment on each place, it's like, wow, that's cool. Like you get to see all these different places like like we'd never seen Felucia before. We'd never seen Cato Nemoidia before and, and uh, all these other places. And it's like, man, like it's just got this. It just increases the vastness of this galaxy. And it's something that Star Wars is so great at. Yeah, most definitely. Like and and I totally agree. Like episode three, like for me, that's that's definitely uh probably yeah i would say of the prequels at least probably my favorite episode hands down um yeah episode three but um like that's that's an emotional roller coaster that that movie i mean it starts off you know action-packed you know like we see a bit of anakin's dark side come out and then it just it kind of peaks up peaks up peaks up the war is you know it's going good order 66 comes and then it's just downhill darkness mm-hmm. darkness darkness the whole way through it's like it you know it gets you up and then it gets you kind of like oh okay i see something happening oh wow all right this is going downhill fast and yeah. then after that it's just like it's just an emotional roller coaster so yeah i really love that movie for that reason but um but yeah um i'm excited i'm excited seeing all these new phases of the war because like i've mentioned before like you know from episode from attack of the clones to revenge of the sith i mean those are just crucial like it's so critical to the storyline like it's a huge gap right Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's the war, you know, like yeah. from, from two to three before, before these, this show, I mean, there, there was nothing. Right. And then this short come, this show comes along and it fills in the gaps uh, so far beautifully. And it's just like, wow, like a lot of, we get to see a lot of the behind the scenes and how, you know, just the character developments and like, it's just, it's nice to see this. Yeah. So, and um, speaking of filling in the gaps uh, way back in the day, they did have, uh, a, a micro series is what is called on Cartoon Network called Star Wars yeah. Clone Wars. And yeah, the 2D one. Yeah, the 2D animated series. Uh, if any of you out there listening have watched this and are a fan of it, uh, you know, Diego and I uh, kind of grew up on that on that one initially when that one came out and yeah. uh, played all the, the, the web games online. And yeah. uh, this arc with Kit Fisto on, uh, on this planet kind of it, it does pay like a huge homage to uh a sequence in in that first volume of that micro series where uh he's just you know underwater swimming around in his shorts and taking out droids with his lightsaber and um yeah yeah very just very cool kind of homage uh to to that micro series that kind of came before it but uh also that game that was on cartoonnetwork.com yeah totally doing that yeah, yeah totally yeah um but uh yeah so um in this first episode we got to see these cool things called uh hydroid medusas i believe was it or did you get that down or i i yeah i think i believe that's uh that's what they called them yeah yeah so that was kind of cool as well because not only are we getting kind of things from the corin and the uh mon calamari civilizations on mon cala here but uh, we're also getting kind of pieces and bits from Tamsin's world as well, who's the shark guy. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm totally botching a species name there, but, um, but, uh, Dave Filoni mentioned his species in the, in the, the, the questionnaire there, but, uh, yeah, so his, his civilization is on a different planet, just some other water world. And he's kind of here to help the separatists kind of take over the planet with, with the corn. Right. But, uh, but he's brought some of his equipment with him, which are these big, massive kind of jellyfish things that are half robot half uh organic and uh so yeah so it's also just like a little more world building there as well because like now we're getting multiple kind of aquatic worlds all involved in this arc and and you know a bit of a kind of a tip of the hat to the next episode that we're going to talk about gungan attack that's another aquatic world uh that well half half aquatic but uh but uh, you know we get all these different aquatic species showing up we get the we get the corn and the mon calamari the gungans the uh whatever those shark guys are and and um they're all kind of like in this trilogy of episodes it's really cool to see yeah but uh, you know definitely big time um these couple things i wanted to to kind of mention like uh you know we obviously see the use of a lightsaber underwater um and a couple couple interesting things i noticed like um when they would ignite it, it's it's a very muffled sound, and mm-hmm. it makes sense because it's underwater. But like the the sound of it changes quite a bit. I mean, there's certain points where at idle it sounds like exactly the same, just kind of like you know underwater, right? But um, you know that when they're using it, and like let's say I don't know Anakin or Kefisto, Ahsoka, whoever, uh, they're using it, and you know they're dodging uh, blaster shots from all directions and like they're moving it so swiftly and it it made me think like wouldn't it be heavy in water because you know what i mean like you're in water and you're let's say you're trying to move something and it it feels heavier right yeah well i mean it would just be okay so my assumption is that the blade on a lightsaber is is like just light right like so it wouldn't have any weight on the blade itself but the but moving your arm around like that would be really kind of you know tedious after a while like all that force in the water like yeah like if you tried to kind of move your arm back and forth in the water like before it's it's actually after like two minutes straight your arm is just exhausted yeah (laughs) it's like picture it's like picture trying to it's like picture trying to move a like let's say you have a cinder block underwater and you're moving it side to side like eventually pretty quick your arms are gonna give oh, out yeah you know yeah and you it know? makes me so, wonder like, if they're just kind of because i know jedi have this battle meditation ability it makes me wonder if they're able to use the force to actually help them kind of keep up stamina wise um just to be able to do this you know like uh stamina wise like are, is the force kind of assisting them um in in the battle like are they are they doing this to you know what i mean like um, yeah it makes me wonder if that's kind of something that they're doing but uh but i think one thing that i also noticed just speaking of lightsabers underwater is that um in the 2d series we got kind of this hint that the lightsaber was almost burning up the water around it because this like steam or, and like you know kind of rose around the, the blade um and uh that that's something that we didn't get in this episode. It might have been just too too expensive to actually have like constant steam simulations coming off of the the lightsabers, but it makes me wonder if maybe that's something that would happen given like the li- a live action adaption of this. Like it's possible that, you know, possibly we'd get some sort of 
uh, reactive effect that we didn't see in this in this arc of episodes that would happen between the water and the actual light blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does, that's a very good point. Um, but I, actually, now that you kind of bring that detail up, I wonder if I have that in the... Um, actually, I may have that in the next episode, but it kind of applies to all of them. Yeah. Um, like Tamsin, for example, like... Uh, you know, throughout the show, I've been I've been commenting saying like the the visuals are getting a lot better. But one thing that I noticed, like just a little, you know, little kind of sidebar, like uh, Tam- Tamsin is a is a shark. I forget his species name, but he's he's like a shark guy, right? Uh, and you know how their gills they're on the side, and we see them kind of we see him breathing, even though he's not making like a, you know, he's not like breathing. We see him breathing and, and that sort of thing. And like, just those little details, like I'm starting to notice a lot more of those in the show Uh, on top of, of course, you know, the, the, the visuals getting a lot better, the quality and the budget of the show has obviously increased, um, you know, up to this point it's, it's, you know, compared to season one, I mean, it's just night and day, Yeah. but um yeah, um, one thing I didn't, I did want to mention about this one, um, is that there's a little, uh, there's a little kind of like a battle scene, and we have uh, Anakin. He's he's dueling these, uh, you know, aquatic droids, just dodging blaster bolts and stuff, um, and he he loses his helmet, um, and you can see like his determination. He's trying to, fight. I believe he's fighting. Tamsin at this point, correct? Yeah, it's something. Uh, is it? Was it in this one? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I believe I think, it's in this first one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's fighting Tamsin, and and uh, you know he loses his helmet, and obviously he's running out of breath. He's trying to breathe, hold, hold his breath. Um, you know, and you can see his determination. Uh, trying to get the helmet, but you know he's. You can see like the helmet is getting further and further away from him and he's, he's starting to like pass out. Right. And then Ahsoka comes in, helps him out. Uh, and, and, you know, typical Anakin, you know, we see his arrogance saying like, I was, I was fine without you snips. Right. And then Ahsoka's like, I knew you were going to say that. And it's just, it's just always so funny. It's classic Anakin, right? Yeah. Um, Just like making it look like the whole thing was under control. Yeah. You know, he can do it all right. Like, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just to build on top of that though, like, Man, like Ahsoka, like I mean, I I've I've loved her character. I know, like when the, when the show started off, um, like you you're kind of iffy on it, but at this point, like such a cool character, like I, you know, like she's just becoming this like really enjoyable person to watch. Like there was this move that she pulled where she's like twirling around and flipping around all over the place, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like yeah, that was dope. That was, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, like like, like it was like yeah. she's really kind of growing. In terms of like her, well, her, her, herself, like she's growing up, but, um, so she's not this peppy, annoying kid anymore, but, uh, but yeah, she's just kind of becoming, she's filling the shoes of what kind of we're starting to see as like a real Jedi. Um, I think like, and I've said this before, but the only kind of the closest thing that we've got to, um, like a really kind of good example of what Jedi should be like is Qui-Gon Jinn. Like he's kind of the ideal Jedi to be, um, doesn't really, you know, doesn't really give two hoots about what other people say. He he listens to the Force and he follows the guidance of the Force, and uh, he doesn't really care about the code and and stuff like that. Like he's you know he's gonna train Anakin anyway, sort of thing. Like despite the wishes of the Council and. Uh, you know, like, you know, master, like if you would just listen, you would be on the council and, 
uh, all this kind of thing. And it's like that guy is the pinnacle of like what a Jedi could be. Um, and it's interesting that we get him at the beginning of the prequels. And as you see the Jedi Order fall, um, you know, you start to see kind of less of that personality through anybody really. But uh, Ahsoka is really this kind of light in the dark because, you know, she comes into the show at the beginning a bit annoying, like kind of um, it, it kind of getting on anyone, everyone's nerves and uh, especially Anakin's nerves. And uh, and as the show kind of goes along, like we see her kind of hone in on her abilities and her skills and and also just grow up in a mature way. And now she's probably, you know, at this point, she's probably 16, maybe 17. Uh -huh. And uh, and, you know, I, I really kind of noticed the like and anytime they were talking to Prince Lee Char, uh, she would kind of put her hand on his shoulder and just kind of let him know that she was there. Uh, just like, you know, and, and she we saw her kind of in this position through the whole arc of being um, his protector, similar to how Anakin protected Padme through Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah. Like she's kind of the protector of Princely Char. And it's like it kind of made me think it's like, wow, like, uh, you know, she's she's really kind of embracing her ability to um just like outwardly just be very compassionate to somebody who is losing his home world to this war. And, uh, you know, she's not only just defending his life, but uh, keeping his spirits up too. like by the end of, of the episode, Prince Lee Char kind of learns that uh, it's a leader's job to kind of learn how to live to fight another day. And um, I feel like, I feel like Ahsoka kind of through this arc, you see her, kind of keeping his spirits up as as they're kind of on the run from these enemies did you notice that yeah i that's actually a very good point um yeah i mean through, throughout the show like especially you know up until this point i've seen her grow we've seen her grow um and i do like how um you know she really does show two sides to her you know she shows that you know she's a fighter and all that stuff and she's got heart she's got spirit um but we also see that you know she's like uh she's there to comfort those in need or those uh you know in 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 stress uh, what have you um and we i we do also it's it's a little rare uh uh up until this point but i mean we do see her just kind of do some brutal kills where like you decapitate mm -hmm. someone or what have you but like uh yeah she's got yeah, a like, very balanced kind of figure about her right now yeah like as yeah that's yeah it's exactly what what i would say like as far as this point in the show like she's very um she's kind of equal in all sides of her uh, personalities and her traits. Um, so yeah, I, I really like where she's going and I, I would say definitely like, yeah, like I, I'm starting to like her a lot more. Um, she's not, she's not really annoying me every single episode. Like she used to once upon a time, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, the last arc that we watched was just about her. And uh, you really enjoyed that arc, the the Wookie, I did. the Wookie, the season f uh, three finale Wookie arc. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I really did, and 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 you know, uh, just going back to that one, you know, another classic of exa example of her when it's her time to shine. You know, it's hit her time to shine, and she shines bright, right? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, she does a really good job of it, and I I'm really appreciating her more and more. Um, 
Yeah, um, I guess for me, that's pretty much... Actually, oh, sorry. I have one one last thing I want to mm-hmm. bring up for, for this episode of Water War. So um, something I always find funny with Star Wars is like, you know, like let's just bring it back to the originals for, for a second. You know, uh, A New Hope, just just as an example. You know, R2-D2 and C-3PO, they're in the hall. They're, they're clearly getting shot at by stormtroopers. You know, there's a, there's a, they're in the middle of, you know... They're 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 in the crossfires, right? And they just every time they they go through that, they're always in the crossfires. Not a scratch on them. They're you yeah. know intact, perfect condition, right? But and then we see kind of the same thing with like you know how do we have Prince Charlie? You know um, we have we have Ahsoka Tano, we have uh, Admiral Akbar, sorry Captain Akbar. Um, they're having a full on conversation. You know they're they're in the middle of the battlefield. They're get there's shots going <laughs> everywhere, right? Like some passing through their head and there is just they're just having a full long conversation and nothing happens to them right like i just yeah. i love i think that's part of george's humor i mean i i love how he does that but it always makes me question i'm like come on man like that's it's it's hilarious but like really like you would have been dead so fast like um but yeah it's 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 always funny to see that. yeah yeah totally yeah um classic star wars uh so in the next episode uh we got gungan attack and yeah. uh, this kind of had a had us see uh, them basically lose a lot of stuff, and and you know the the Jedi are kind of desperate for reinforcements, and their clones are stretched thin across the galaxy. They've got no, they've got it, it's it's going to take them days to kind of recollect enough resources to help out uh, this Mon Cala situation. So they call on one of their allies for help, which is the Gungans, uh, another yep. aquatic species to kind of, you know, help them out in this struggle. And, uh, you know, and it's <laughs> it's always great to see the Gungans back. But yep. uh, just another, yeah, like I mentioned this earlier, but another underwater race that, that kind of makes an appearance in this arc. So I really appreciated that. Uh, and it, at least, and then when you add that on top of Kit Fisto's, you know, species as well, who's able to breathe underwater, uh, you got like you got like five different kind of alien races kind of showing up in this in this trilogy of episodes, all kind of uh, you know participating in this event. Yeah, this, this arc. Yeah, I would totally agree. I, this arc totally takes the focus away from like uh, you know humans and you know alien species that, that can you know only breathe on land and it really hones in on the uh more aquatic species that some yeah. of them are probably you know full-time aquatic and only be there um and some of them you know they can do both best of both worlds um but yeah like i i really like how they kind of emphasized on that that was nice to see nice nice change up right yeah totally and such a big <laughs> part of like the galaxy too i mean water at least, like, uh, man, like, I this is basic trivia that I should probably know, but like, the percentage of the earth, like, you know, isn't the majority of it covered in water? Pretty much. So, like, like, it's, uh, it's, it's a, and it's a world that, like, is not exactly explored to the depths because there's so much of it, right? It's like, you know, the explorers haven't even, you know, seen all the, the, the there is to see on the bottom of our ocean floors. So, to think that there's a galaxy of kind of planets with life on them. And in this episode arc, we get multiple of those species from different planets represented here. Um, Just to see like kind of the culmination of their, 
their species acting underwater, their technology, like the the like some of the buildings here, but uh, especially when the Gungans show up and it's like, yeah, here's another aquatic species that's able to breathe underwater, I guess, and they're just showing up with all their underwater tech, you know, ready to fight the the aqua droids, and it's like, man, it's just so cool. It's like everything just kind of works together so well. Like when it comes Definitely. to all these underwater species, they're yeah. So um, yeah, Kifiso says something interesting uh, towards the beginning, like after the big kind of war. Um, he says, like, because all all these Gungans, a lot of them are taken prisoner, and uh, all of his people are taken prisoner. And Kifiso says to Prince Lee Char, he says, uh, "What you see, Prince, is the future uh, of this world." all slaves for, for Count Tuku. And like, it's kind of an interesting line because um, he's kind of hinting at the fact, like no matter what happens here, uh, as long as Count Tuku has, has kind of a hand in, in this planet, like e everyone is going to be kind of at his mercy. And uh, even the corn, like even the corn are going to fall under his uh, jurisdiction and have to do his bidding. And this, is a huge kind of foreshadowing of the next episode where we see kind of the core and come to terms with what they've done and they've made a mistake and, uh, and all this stuff. But, uh, yeah. Did you get anything? I've got a few more, but, but what did you get? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, we see the Gungans come back and like, uh, one funny thing I wanted to mention is, uh, so there's a scene in the beginning of the episode. We've got uh, Yoda and some of the other members of the council. They're speaking uh, with the Gungans. And we obviously see Jar Jar. And <laughs> it's funny that, you know, they they say, oh, um, you know, Padme needs help and all this stuff. And, and, and then uh, Jar Jar's like, of course, we should help. We should help them. You know, like they've helped us. We should help them. Right. And. And uh, and just by that one sentence, he easily convinces you know their leader who's speaking to Yoda at this yeah. point, right? And just one sentence, he's like, "Okay, yeah, we'll help." And it's it's just so funny because Jar Jar, like, I I know a lot of people will say, you know, "Oh, I hate Jar Jar," and like his voice is so annoying. Like, granted, I I will not take that away from you. However, you cannot tell me that he's not hilarious. You know, in Episode One, you know, uh, you can't you can't tell me that he's not hilarious in 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 the episodes we see in, in the show. Right. Uh, like he's just one of those characters that like, yeah, he, he's annoying in some regards, but I mean, Star Wars has done that in so many, so many other movies, right? Like, um, <laughs> like yeah. even in the, even in the sequels, like I hate mentioning those abortions, but like perfect example, like, um, you know, people hate Jar Jar. Well, I hate those little bird things in, in, uh, whatever movie they show up like uh i think it was episode eight uh and and like you know luke the one where luke drinks milk out of like a green cow's oh yeah yeah the like, uh the camel thing on the beach in the last jedi yeah yeah and those like little like nun things and just like yeah, yeah. anyways dumb but anyways um <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I mean, uh, like i i like wh how they how they do this they they keep bringing um you know characters that we see but like it's not just like oh here's jar jar throw him in no it's like no he has purpose you know make him fulfill that purpose and like that's that's what i i do love so much about um 
Lucas's kind of uh, approach towards bringing back old characters. Um, yeah, there's always a reason for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, always appreciated. And you know, a couple, a couple other things that I noticed, like there's uh, this one scene where um, Anakin has to kind of like use the Force and destroy this like bridge uh, sort of thing. Um, but it was quite a display of Force power, I would say. Uh, like in my opinion, like you know, he's underwater, right? His breathing capacity is totally off than what he's used to. Like it's it's different, right? He's using these oxygen tanks underwater, using the forest, takes down this bridge, um, and then uh, you know, like it's 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 every time there's a big display of force power, it's cool because. Um, we do see quite a bit of his display of force power in the show, but I would say like, um, I think in my opinion, like as far as using the force goes, like he's probably more powerful, at least in his earlier years of, of being Darth Vader. Um, and kind of before that, um, cause I think like come, Come episode six, he's you know he's old at this point, right? He can still he's can still you know destroy anybody, but like I think his peak would be like you know episode from like episode two to three, and then like Rogue One, like that's like a perfect display of like Darth Vader, right? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, um, uh, oh yeah. Before I forget, uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention with uh, Anakin's lightsaber. Like one thing I noticed is. Um, you know, in episode three, just a, as a perfect example, like uh, his shade of blue, um, it, it's a little bit darker, right? And then we see, you know, a, a new hope and like uh, what be, then becomes Luke's um, lightsaber. It, the, the blue is much lighter, right? Um, mm-hmm. But what I found interesting is that in this episode, uh, it's actually changes color. Um, yeah, from the first episode to the next episode, like from Water War to Gungan Attack, like, yeah, you notice that and... It goes yeah. from the his kind of like a darker blue color to a lighter blue color, which was interesting. I don't. I, it's mm-hmm. probably just a technical, technical mistake because, uh, in, it's interesting. Like in, you'll never be able to find a clear answer for this online, but in Revenge of the Sith, when you watch some of the sequences with Obi Wan and Anakin, Anakin's lightsaber does look slightly darker. And um, and this is very very hard to notice sometimes, but it does look slightly darker. And um, and throughout the show, for the earlier seasons, they have the same color lightsaber. But I've noticed on the season seven trailer, like the poster, they've actually m- managed to recreate that difference in color uh, very slightly uh on on the poster itself so if you if you if you take a look at the season seven poster you'll be able to notice it but um i thought that was kind of interesting and it makes me think like oh maybe it was just a technical mistake that his lightsaber got a little lighter uh in this episode yeah i there was a you know like a it's related to the topic but it's kind of a little off track not a whole lot but anyways um I used to have this little bit of a theory uh, when I was younger, like thinking that um, because I, I like I noticed and remember how I said, like, you know, Luke's uh, like the color in the lightsaber uh, between episode three and episode four, New Hope is two shades of blue, completely 100 percent undisputable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I used to think that, you know, is there a potential that it's based 
based on who on who yields the lightsaber is it based on mood? Yeah. is it based on you know the like because with what you mentioned if uh about anakin's uh being dark and all that like i know he hasn't made the lightsaber bleed uh you know because if it was bleeding it'd be red of course but like could it be because that it's maybe even though the the crystal isn't you know, to quote unquote, officially bleeding. Maybe is it starting to bleed? Is it just his mood or his display of power? How it's getting closer to the dark side? Is it kind of changing the shade of the color a little bit based on his mood? It was just mm-hmm. a weird theory I used to have as a kid. I don't. It's I, not a. It's not a crazy it's theory. It's not a crazy theory because some people yeah. have also speculated that uh, that Obi Wan made changes to the lightsaber because obviously the hilt looks different as well from Episode Three to Episode Four yeah. and. Um, but the changes aren't they're not drastic they're not like, drastic no it's not yeah. drastic but i mean it, technically the the skywalker saber has kind of changed a little bit throughout yeah most of the movies like between the third and the fourth episode and then between the fourth episode and the fifth episode there's even some changes there as well but um, definitely but yeah like we we kind of see uh like like we kind of see people have, have had speculation about the fact that maybe obi-wan you know, did some changes to it and, and, and whatnot. And then, and then you get, you know, the lightsaber that we got with Luke many years later, maybe Obi-Wan just trying to do some maintenance on it. Who knows? Um, but, uh, you know, at some point, like maybe in Canon, uh, we'll, we'll get a piece of material that kind of confirms this, but I think it's been hinted at. Um, I don't think it's been necessarily confirmed exactly like why he did anything, but, um, I can't exactly tell you, what source material to look for for these clues but it just kind of from my vague memory i think it does kind of get hinted at i believe so um yeah but again like everyone's got their own theory and 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 you know and the outside kind of reason for this is just you know when they did star wars 1977 obviously technology has improved the the look of the lightsaber has been a little more refined Definitely. And uh, naturally, like there's going to be a little bit of a difference, but um, but yeah, I mean, if you were to think of an in-universe reason, uh, <laughs> the, the something will come up eventually, maybe. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that was kind of a one for that episode. Um, I got one here, which is <clears throat> uh, Ahsoka says to King Lee Char again, kind of being her, his emotional support uh, as much as his guardian through these episodes, but. She says to him some advice. She gives him some advice, says, um, some leader's strength is inspiring greatness in others. And I, I thought that was really interesting. Like, um, you know, she says this to him based on the fact that it's like he's no warrior. And um, and she's also been uh, in the presence of many great people who don't wield a sword or or use a blaster and their words are just as powerful weapons as, as anything else. Right. And she's seen that hanging around Padme, like quite a lot. Um, uh-huh. Who's, who's a very influential Senator in her own respect. And uh, you know, as her kind of learning progresses, like she gets to know more of the politics of the war as well. And realizes that some of the, the strongest people that she knows uh, don't necessarily need to be wielding the force and, you know, chucking a lightsaber around like it's uh, it's you know, it doesn't always need to happen that way. And she's kind of telling this guy who's basically going to be the future king of Mon Cala, 
she, you know, in her own way, she's basically saying like, it's okay not to be a warrior. You know, just remember, it's like strength comes from, you know, your strength might be inspiring the greatness in others, right? Like, like your gift is basically to lead these people. And, uh, you know, even though he doesn't feel necessarily, even though he's growing into that role himself, um, it was just like an interesting kind of moment to see um, her kind of give this advice that she's obviously learned over the last uh, three seasons of us watching this show. Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, if, um, kind of to add to that, uh, I would say that, um, you know, you're absolutely right. Like Ahsoka's learned a lot from from just all the peers who she's been associated with for the, you know, short time that she's been in the war. I mean, at this point in the in the war, we're probably in like what, maybe probably a year and a half approaching. Yeah, a year and a half, year and yeah. a half, I would say, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, she's you know she's she's no you know <laughs> top dog general or anything, but she's seen some things, right? You know, she's yeah. seen some tragedy. She's seen some. some yeah, she's victory, killed people. Right? She's killed people. Yeah, she's, she's a definitely. kid. Yeah, yeah she's, she's a kid. kid. <laughs> she's she's gutted people for sure. Like, make no mistake about it. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, she's kind of like with. It's cool to see her her ability to take kind of the best of everyone and kind of like really mold herself into, um, into like, you know, one really well-rounded, uh, character. Yeah. That's um, a great point. Actually, this was brought up recently, uh, uh, on something I was watching. Uh, I think it was Dave Filoni or, or, or something. Somebody was talking about, um, about Ahsoka and her character arc and everything. And I, th- it was mentioned that she's got all these great influences in her life. Like she's got Anakin, she's got Obi-Wan, like, and she's got Padme. And, and all these people and all their best attributes, she's kind of taking all the best of all these people and, and kind of making, making herself out of that, right? So like yeah. even though Anakin is eventually, you know, you know turns into Darth Vader, like – obviously he's a great Jedi. Like he, he, like he, he's obviously trained her well, but, uh, but he is kind of known as a war hero in the Republic at this point in time. And uh, Obi-Wan, of course, like being, you know, a great Jedi master as well. Like Anakin and Obi-Wan are one of, are two of the greatest Jedi in, in the entire order. And, um, and then Padme being one of the most influential speakers in the Republic uh, and a very, very strong female character in her own right. Um, is is like her three influences and that's like a huge gift for her like that's a an amazing trio of influence that she has to grow and learn from like over her life uh so far and very quickly has like learned from it definitely yeah like she's very good at uh taking the best of everyone and kind of adapting and growing herself from those uh a particular traits from everyone and in the um, last episode arc to just to build on top of that is that she learned herself that she is able to take her teachings and help others you know in terms of survival as well like to help others survive like she led those two padawans back to the jedi and herself um along with you know chewbacca uh you know with with the help of the wookies of course but like they survived on this place with only one casualty, like, but she was able to use her leadership ability to, to make that happen. Right. And, right. um, yeah. And so, so now we're seeing it again, giving her, giving, uh, this Prince like advice, basically, 
and uh, great advice as well. Uh, but she also says when you make decisions out of fear, you're more likely to be wrong. And this is a huge foreshadow moment to like Anakin's choice to turn to the dark side, like a uh, fear of losing, losing his wife. You know, the, the fear of loss is a path to the dark side. Yep. And, and uh, you know, and Osoka says it here as well in a different format. She says like, if you make decisions out of fear, you're more likely to be wrong. And it's like, you know, so true. And this is like applicable to our own lives as well. But, um, but yeah, like when you're in a state of fear and you make all these hasty, rash decisions, you know, they're not necessarily the, the most, the best decision or, or the, you know, th there's a reason behind saying like cooler heads will prevail. <laughs> and it's because it's like you're in a state of mind that's able to make a logical choice. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and that's just, uh, it's a good point that, you brought that up uh, that's you know just another example of lucas you know his storytelling how it's just little details like this like they're just so relatable to real life right i mean they're just mm -hmm. um it's so nice to see how it's not just you know it's not just it's not just about you know space battles and you know laser swords if you will like it's it's you know it's a lot of it is kind of like this is real life stuff you know this happens day to day right yeah. so um yeah, I mean, fa fantastic uh, on, you know, on Lucas's part. Absolute genius. But um, that's pretty much it I have for that one. So our final episode here is called uh, Prisoners. Um, yeah, and the fortune cookie for this episode is pretty cool. Uh, crowns are, are inherited. Kingdoms are earned. Yeah, very, very powerful. Um, and and we, we see that. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, you know, uh, he... I th I think Dave or it could have been you. Actually, no, it might have been you. But um, you know the the prince. He obviously, he, you know, his father. He's been assassinated, right, by Tams and uh, mm -hmm. um, I yeah. believe in the second episode. Um, or might have been the first. It was like it was like prior. I think was it prior to the arc? Maybe even that that King Lee Char's kind of father has been killed off. Well, I just remember in the part of this episode of Prisoners when, you know, they're like, on this episode, and they kind of, in that part. Oh, in the, in the yeah. recaps or whatever. In the yeah. recaps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, um, but, um, oh, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, Tamsin killed the king before King uh, Princely Char. E oh, yeah, that's right. So, um... So you know, Prince uh, Prince Lichari, you know, he he eventually becomes the king, right? Um, but like uh, like you said, the the kingdom is earned. So like even throughout this war, even through all this, you know, like uh, you know this you know kind of separation of the of the two species on the planet of uh, Mon Moncala, and you know just just through all the hardships that they have to face, you know the 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 prince he earns his crown he earns his spot as king right mm -hmm. like he he faced all of it he was he was there on the he was in the trenches right uh so to speak you know he was there with everyone he did it for his people so i mean he you know he's most certainly has earned the title of king and you know most certainly has earned the kingdom and like very uh, you know i i don't know if we see him again but like i would be interested to because i mean that's in these three short episodes like um that's quite a lot for for a young 
you know, a young guy to go through. Right. And then to mm-hmm. be king and like, see, so like you lose your father, you know, you, you lose a bunch of your people and all that stuff. And you're kind of, you're taken, you're taken hostage by the separatists and whatnot. And, um, they're kind of, you know, little alliances that they have with many species, right. Uh, throughout yeah. the war. Yeah. And actually, uh, thanks for bringing that up. So this is the last time I'll, I'll just say it now. Like this is the last time we see Prince Lichar in the clone wars. Um, the next time he pops up is uh, he's mentioned in the Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith comic series, which takes place right after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, he's also mentioned in the Star Wars comic series after episode four. And uh, he was also uh, in the Allegiance comic, which is a, a mini series that takes place before the rise of Skywalker. So and he was mentioned in that in that comic as well. So. Uh, this character's kind of legacy um, goes like a, a good ways. Like it goes, it goes a, a good long, a good long while. And um, and in the days of the Empire, the Empire launches an attack on on Moncala, and uh, he's he's kind of a a bit he's kind of a bigger role in that as well. And having kind of led his people against a, one one tyranny before many years in his youth. Um, here he is kind of years down the road as, as a fully fledged King doing it again. Um, so yeah. So, uh, just to kind of build off your comment there about whether we'll see him again or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some, some interesting points for this one. I, I, I jotted down quite a bit for this one, but, uh, so there's, there's a scene in this episode where Anakin, uh, Kit Fisto and, uh, who else? Oh yeah, Padme and Jar Jar. They they kind of get captured by uh, a couple droids and uh, by Tamsin, and they kind of get brought in. They're kind of hostages uh, briefly, right? Yeah. Um, and kind of a interrogation tactic that Tamsin uses to kind of get the location of the prince, uh, of Prince Lee Char. Um, you know, uh, it, he brings Tamsin brings out these giant eels, right? And they kind of get. Uh, everyone kind of gets like kind of surrounded by them at yeah. the or, sorry, Kefisto and Anakin get surrounded by them. And then mm-hmm. um, Jar Jar and Padme are kind of like, uh, you know, cuffed down like on both, both arms, both legs kind of thing. And by these, uh, these droids that are kind of like, I don't know, they're like the, they're, they're like, like crab looking things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't really just, dis- yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to describe them. Um, but it, it was funny because they, they, they try to get, you know, answers about the location. Right. And then obviously, you know, Anakin's shocked and we can see, you know, Senator Wright, like he doesn't want to do that. You can see it in his face. And it, it was kind of funny that mm-hmm. we were talking about it in the show, like from the get go, I mean, Senator Wright and his people, they're, they're kind of, co-inhabitants of 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 the planet um moncala right so you know it's it's kind of like it's it's kind of like saying you know let's say uh you know america and brazil you know they're they're on the same side of the world for example you know they may one's in you know south america one's in north america right but it's the same planet you know like people people are people right they're together kind of thing but these two particular races on this planet of moncala they're saying they're they're sharing the same planet right so they're co-inhabitant and you know they've uh 
they've kind of uh, Senator Rye and and his people have kind of sided along with um, by Tamsin, but I don't think they did it, you know, like one thousand percent willingly. You know, you can definitely see like it's the separatists, and you know, Tamsin he he's a dirty guy. He he plays dirty, right? But um, you know, he he's using these dirty tactics to get uh, information and. Um, you know, we can see from the get-go, like, just all the things that he's done. Like, Senator Wright was kind of, like, iffy on all of it. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you see him progressively through this trilogy of episodes. Him start to kind of doubt his decision to join the Separatists, right? Yeah. And, uh, and you kind of saw that again in, in Season 1, kind of flash all the way back to Padme's friend, uh, Anaconda Far. The Rodian uh, that we saw that got kind of poisoned and assassinated in the in the last uh, was a lot. It was like it was a while back now that he that he died off. But um, but yeah, we we saw his character make a kind of a, a, a poor decision in kind of joining uh, the Separatist Alliance. He he did that on behalf of like Rodia, and uh, we saw it kind of negatively affect him as well when they started treating his friends badly and Padme was captured and she was going to be executed and all this stuff and Anaconda Far or Senator Far is like just really kind of doubting his decision and by the end of the episode Padme kind of gives him a second chance and says like you know in her own way while she's facing them all down she's like yeah, I know you didn't mean to make this decision and and this whole time I know that you've been kind of on my side kind of thing, right? And uh-huh. and then he eventually turns his blaster on Newt Gunray and you know. So it was kind of a it's kind of interesting to me that uh that it was a very similar uh parallel with this character uh than um uh you know, with with uh, Senator Farr there, just like doubting their decision when they see kind of how corrupt and evil the the separatists can be from a military standpoint. Some of their guys are just jerks. Um, and obviously we've like since seeing the heroes on both sides, I don't want to say they're all bad uh, heroes on both sides. That episode kind of gives you a little more insight into some of the people that are separatists and like you know, like Padme's separatist friend or whatever, the Mina Bon Terry that gets killed off. But, um, but yeah, like some of these people in the military are just total, like, you know, just jerks. Like they're like, <laughs> they're all out to kind of re- wreak havoc on, on any planet that they're going to rule over. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because uh, it, it, again, like it's, it's similar to uh, at least what I think, I don't know personally, but I, I do feel that, you know, wars, whether they've been current ongoing, you know, or in the past, like there's obviously been guys that are like, you know, out to lunch and they just want to, you know, <laughs> they just want to wreak havoc and just kill people like uh, as they see fit. Right. But yeah. then there's some people who are like, you know, they may not be on the same side or they may not agree with you or whatever, but they can also be reasonable and see, uh, maybe it's not totally necessary that we decapitate this guy for no apparent reason whatsoever. But, you know, like just little things like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's again, uh, you know, relatable. Um, yeah. And this know, guy, like who's made a decision to join them too, is really regretting it. Like I, exactly. I, I, I got this very empire Lando feeling about it. You know, this deal's getting worse all the time, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> like I got that feeling when I see like constantly 
um this this the senator what is his name senator sarai or uh, uh no, so i just i just put senator rye senator rye i think it's yeah, yeah i think it's senator rye or senator no sarai or something like that um but yeah he the corn guy like he's just constantly doubting his decision and like every time he kind of looks down he's like oh you know tapson like going at it again like you know he's always getting shoved around and disrespected and 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 it's like man like this deal is getting worse all the time <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, he's, he's just he's just constantly, uh, yeah. constantly getting screwed over, right? And yeah, he's just like it's like why did I even do this? In the yeah, exactly. And by the end, he kind of fights back with the Moncalo and takes his yeah. planet back for good. Yeah, but. he's like, enough is enough. All right, let's do what's right here. And yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Another another interesting point I'd like to see. You know, classic example of Anakin, but uh, you know, they're in the in the room where they're being. Um, kind of tortured right and uh tamsin says you know uh i'm starting to believe where where uh, that you guys don't know the location because i think it was kip fisto he says uh, you know even if we knew the prince's location we wouldn't tell you oh and yeah then, when he's looking for the prince yeah yeah and then later tamsin says i'm starting to believe you guys and then um we see uh because we we see um kind of before they brought out the eels there we kind of see how he's kind of you know roughing up uh, Padme there and and he and Tamsin sees that Anakin does not like this one bit um later on in in the same place where they're being you know tortured uh Tamsin bites Padme's helmet you know and water starts to enter right uh Anakin sees this and he sees the water filling up in her helmet and he doesn't like it at all um and like um you know he we can see we can see like um, you know, a, a lot of people, they may or may not know that, uh, they're married. I, I think that they don't, but at any rate, like he does, he does show his weaknesses and he does kind of, <laughs> he does kind of show his ace, you know, uh, if he, if you will, like he, he yeah. does this so often, like, yeah, Padme's uh, his weakness. Yeah. Padme, that's his kryptonite, like 100%, like, um, he's got a pretty good poker face, but when it comes to her, I mean, man, he just, he just drops to his knees. Like mm-hmm. he's, he can't hold it back. And it, it just sucks. Cause um, you know, like he's, he's one of those characters who's super, you know, attached and super emotional when it comes to people he cares about. But um, yep. yeah, he, he, you know, he's, it's bad for him when, when people see that uh, cause Tamsin, you know, totally took advantage of it. Um, but yeah, I, and and with that same uh, kind of point I was talking about with the uh, torturing, um, you know, as I was saying earlier, Jar Jar, like he's hilarious, right? And like part of his humor for me is like just how often he gets away with things and actually, you know, kind of is the hero, but it's total fluke, right? Like yeah. he's, you know, he's clumsy and like he does all these things. Like, you know, episode one, he's in the middle of the battlefield. He's getting shot at. He has this grenade in his hand and he's flopping it all around. And then it actually ends up blowing the ship and he actually wins. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, things like that. But like, uh, you know, Kit Fisto and uh, Anakin, they're trying to use the force to kind of, push the water out of uh, uh, Padme's helmet and kind of like keep her breathing, give her some air. 
and then Jar Jar kind of does like this sneeze thing <laughs> and his mucus covers up the helmet, right? And he's yeah. like, Oh, it's a it's a perfect Gungan like uh oh, water uh, breathing water, apparatus. Yeah, water sealants or or something like that. Yeah, like it's a gungan water waterproofing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um and you know, it, it's it's just funny to see him like that's that's why I enjoy his character so much. Like, yeah, his nice his voice can be annoying, but I mean uh just just the pure he's just it's pure fluke with him right uh and it's just like every time it's like what come on you know but it's, yeah, it's so there's, always, there's always something yeah he's the mr bean yeah. with like yeah you know because like mr bean's one of those characters like he does stupid stuff but at the same time there's this underlying intelligence about him that like kind of thinks outside the box compared to other people right and yeah. um and jar jar is just like that but to the extreme like he's super dumb at times and really really clumsy but then you know half the time it's like you know his heart and his head is in the right place like it's like he's not completely out there like he's just he's just a little clumsy that's all like he's you know he's still capable though definitely so, yeah like he still still wins he always wins right so yeah yeah <clears throat> to quote yeah. Watto, he always wins <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> um yeah i mean um uh, yeah uh so the corns you know they later on in the episode you know he uh you know um Senator Senator Rye is kind of like, okay, enough is enough. We have to, you know, these are people. We both live on the same place. Like, let's let's do us right here. Yeah. So they 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 decide to unite uh, and kind of storm. Um, they, they, I believe they storm the prince. Uh, you know, the droids and and Tams, and they storm the prince, and then uh, Quarren and his people, or uh, Senator Rye and his people, they say, okay, let's you know, let's turn the tide, whatever. Um, and then uh, another fight begins. Uh, and uh, uh, Corrin, the Corns join the prince in the fight against the droids led by uh, Tamsin. And um, there, there's a there was a scene there where Captain. Uh, it's so hard to call him Captain. I'm just so used yeah. to saying Admiral Akbar. But uh, okay, Admiral Akbar, right? Um, his bla- he's got a cool blaster. Um, it's like vertical. It's almost like a like a wand kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it almost looked like a lightsaber until he kind of points and shoots, and this blaster bolt comes out. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like it's yeah, because like, he's holding it straight, right? But when he shoots yeah. it, it looks like a hilt. But it's like a TV it, remote. Just, like... Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has a cool. He has a cool little blaster. Um, and I think there's a scene there where uh they kind of destroy a, a ship that's kind of being uh, piloted that, uh, or not piloted, I guess it's a submarine, if you will. Uh, but it's being, uh, the, the pilot is a bunch of B1 droids and it's just so funny. Like the, I love yeah. the B1s cause they're, they're so, there's so many of them, right? You know, there's an yeah. abundance of them and they're just, they're so mass they're produced made out of garbage. Spare, yeah. Mass produced garbage made out of spare parts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, every time they, like it's always funny because every B one says along the same things. They're like, "Oh no!" or like, yeah. and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like they They're know lines they, and screams. Yeah, like they know they're done for, right? But they all say pretty much the same thing every single time, and it's it's just I it never makes me not laugh. Yeah, um, when they know when they're done, and and it's like it always it always it always like cracks me up too. That that's something that they actually put in the Battlefront Two video game as well. Every time you get blown up as a droid um or shot down or whatever you always make this like funny little 
kind of demise you know like yeah it's just they gotta they gotta oh man it's 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 great um actually one one thing real quick is like tamson what a drama queen like he's just like always always needs to have that entrance you know, the, like in this episode, when the, when the kingly char or sorry, princely char like enters the throne room, he's got the 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 spinning of the chair and like welcome, yeah. you know, and like <laughs> yeah. like the dramatic it, effect. The dramatic effect is like, man, this guy, what a drama shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, kind of, kind of kind of the last little couple points I want to, want to make before we wrap up here. Um, so, you know, Prince, Prince Leechar and, uh, uh, and Tamsin, they, they, they duke it out. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of like, it's cool redemption, uh, for, for Tams or not Tamsin for, uh, the Prince and his people. Right. He's like, you know, you've done all this to my people. You've, you've killed my father. Right. And they, they duke it out. And, uh, Tamsin before he, before he gets to the prince, he kind of kills a bunch of 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 his people with like these. It, it's almost like a picture picture a knife and like a sticky grenade from like Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two something like that. Yeah. And he throws it. It stabs this person, and they can't pull it out. It's That's like it, a mini know? harpoon blade almost, with the edges so that you can't like once it goes in, there's no coming out kind of thing. Exactly, and like it's like a sticky grenade, right at that point, and. Uh, it's funny he uses it on um, uh, uh, some of the prince's people, but then lo and behold, he you know Tamsin has one on his on his uh, belt, kind of holstered, yeah. right? And then you know the prince sees that, whips, grabs it, and then you know um, gives him a last kinda, word, and then chucks it on his the, chest. Yeah, yeah, gives him the last word, chucks it at him, and he's kind of uh, the prince is kind of you know, shooting at him as uh, Tamsin is swimming viciously at him. He's going for the final blow. Like, he sees that he's stabbed. He's like, you know what? If I'm going, I'm taking with you kind of thing. Yeah. You know, Tamsin says. But, uh, you know, he's just he's just able to maneuver it. And just before Tamsin gets to him, he blows up. And then it was, it was you know, bittersweet. And then finally, you know, we have a celebration. And uh, Prince Leechar becomes the king. And, um yeah, it was uh, it was a good way to finish off the episode. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really great growth for for Prince Lee Cha. Uh, yeah. My name is Prince Lee Cha. You killed my father. Prepare yeah. to die. Yeah, <laughs> very very good. Yeah. 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 All right, man. Cool. Thanks for coming back on the on the show. We'll see you next time for the next arc in the Clone Wars. Here. Always a pleasure. I can't wait to be there. Yeah. All right, thanks, Diego, for coming back on the show. Always great to have you, and uh, great to have all of you guys out there listening as well. Uh, so uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in, and uh, if you're able to share this with a with a friend, uh, that would be most appreciated. Um, and uh, you know, leaving those five star reviews, that would be fantastic. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well in isolation because it's a tough time for everybody out there, and uh, you know. It's it's not easy, and uh, we're going to be doing our best to bring you guys Star Wars Entertainment at home uh, through the podcast and uh, and kind of, you know, with, with the Clone Wars series that's been going on. If you haven't yet, uh, please uh, check out the uh, recent conversation I had with Ben and Reed on uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Whether you played the game or not, if you're not planning on playing the game, 
then you don't care about spoilers. So so it's a it's a cool way to kind of at least get the idea for like what the game is about. But uh, if you plan on playing the game, um, EA has been tweeting out codes to get the game for free. Uh, for a good long while um, So just keep an eye out for that and speaking of Twitter We got a Twitter and, a, and an email so shoot us a voice memo feedback questions comments anything uh, That would be amazing. Those are both listed in the description below um, But uh, yeah, uh, thanks guys and, and thanks for tuning in once again I'm your host Josh and we'll see you next time right here on Star Wars escape pod may the force be with you 